Good morning, Jesse. How are you doing today? Morning, brother. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. I've been waiting to talk with you. What took so darn long here, dude? I don't know. Did you reach out? Did we stiff you or something? No. I just, you know, I, I think, I think okay. in, in a very spiritual way, you probably hear me talking through that speaker when I listen to you. It's because it's you, you have to be able to hear and feel what we bring on that side of the speaker. I, you know, I, I don't know that I do, but I feel like I do when I'm on the air. I, when I'm staring out into the, this empty space in the studio, and I picture the looks on people's faces. It's probably wrong half the time, but I picture the things people are saying back. I'm pro- I probably just have problems is what it is. <laughs> From the radio show to a book. You, we're talking about two completely different voices here, or is it, Jesse? Uh, no, it's probably the same voice, but the book has to be structured yeah. differently. That was actually a challenge for me because I'm not an author. I do radio and TV now, I guess. I I have to figure out how to put things in a book form and structure things a different way. It, it, be, writing a book was definitely different, that's for sure. Different than sitting down doing a show, for sure. Time-consuming. And and the thing about it is, though, and when, when, when the book is out there, you go, well, what? how can I get that time back? And it's like, ah, no, make the best of what you got right now, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's, I'll tell you, the nicest part about the book is that it lasts. Not that these uh, the, the, the podcast version of the radio show or anything yeah. like that goes away. That's not it, but... The book books are so timeless, you know, and it, to know that my grandkids that don't exist, obviously, but my grandkids, my great grandkids one day will very likely pick up this book and read it. That's honestly the coolest part of it. It's, it's uh, obviously I'm thrilled that it's taken off like it has. But the coolest part of it is to know that one day maybe I'm giving my great grandson a blueprint for what's going on, how to deal with it. That To know that is the coolest part of it for me by a mile. One of the things that you've got is is courage because you're taking on a subject here that, that well, because, of the, because of the podcast, now because of the book, it can go around globally. Anti-communism. Oh, my God. Where, where did you find that in your heart to be able to say, I'm going to talk about this? Uh, well, I hate... I hate what these people are doing to the country I love. So honestly, it probably comes from a place. This is probably not healthy. I I probably should go see someone. (laughs) It comes from a place of anger more than anything else. I love this place. I I love the values of it. I love the freedoms of this country. I I would die for it. Uh, Shoot, I almost did it more than once. Uh, And I hate watching these people purposely burn it down that's mm-hmm. the thing arrow it's not that it's accidental if it was accidental i could excuse it well they're misguided I, he's just a little stupid no no the people at the top are burning this thing down and looting the treasury on purpose and i can't just sit by and leave that world to my sons it's probably as much about my sons as anything else my boys are 12 and 14 now i want them I want them to know the same America that you and I have known yes. our whole lives, Errol. I want them to grow up in a normal country. I want them to raise kids in a normal country. I, I want my country back, and I intend to fight until the day they bury me in the ground to try to give them some semblance of the country that I knew when I was a kid. I woke up this morning, and the wife and I were messing around the house before I came into the studio, and the wife was, I don't know, she randomly started singing that old Toys R Us song, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. Don't ask me how that came about, I have no idea. But I was. Th- I said to her, do you remember when that was TV back yeah. then? Back, back when even television was just normal, 
every ad didn't have lesbians in it. It was just a normal ad selling you beer or selling you Toys R Us or or Almond Joy cereal or so, the, the, it, everything was just normal. Life was normal. You could watch a football game without hearing how evil white people are. Yeah. It was a normal country and I want that back and I'm mad about the people who took that from me. See, and what what you're doing and what I feel from you each time that I tune in is the fact that you empower us on this side. But it's like going to church, dude. You know what that preacher man is up there? He's sweating like you wouldn't believe. The worship band did a great job, but all of a sudden we leave the church and we leave Jesus there. And it's it's like, wait a second, go activate what you just learned. And I think that's what I feel from you, Jesse, is that activate what Jesse just shared. That's what I try. That's what I tried to do in the book. You know, it's what I try to do on my show is not just talk about the problems. We all know the daggone problems. Yeah. Everyone with the brain can read headlines and know about the problems. But one, laugh every now and then because we have to do that. But two, what do we do about it? Give me something to do about it. What do I do? I know I'm already mad. I'm already, my blood pressure's already through the roof. I saw what Biden did. I saw what they're doing. I saw this, I saw that. What do I do? Well, we have to become, and I'm pointing fingers at myself here too. We have to become activists the way yep. they are. They wake up to their credit, to the communist's credit. The communist wakes up with a purpose. He goes to work with a purpose. He writes the next Disney movie with a purpose. He goes to work at the local public library with a purpose. He teaches your kids social studies with a purpose. He sits down and writes the new Bud Light ad with a purpose. Yeah. We don't do that. We feel, because we want to live in this kind of world, that we can just separate. I'm going to separate my politics from this, and I'm not going to bring it into this. Well, I won't talk about this. Well, while we were busy leaving other people alone, they were busy taking over yeah. everything. We cannot have that anymore. And it's time for aggressive, offensive anti-communism to run these demons out of our society. Yeah. This this is the term that I, the pet peeve of mine is, I'll talk with somebody about that we need to make a correction in this. And they go, ah, life is what it is. I'm so tired of hearing that. Yeah, that's a lie. I, I, I'm agree, I agree with you a thousand percent. That one's right up there with, it's probably the same basic term. It's the same kind of person that says things like, well, we're the silent majority. Yes. I, we're the silent, a lot of people, why, what is that, what good does that do? The communists took over the Soviet Union with 25% support of the population. Silent is why you're losing. Si mm -hmm. The silence is exactly why we're losing everything. They're not silent. They're a small percentage of the population, but they wake up every day and they fight tooth and nail to burn the country to ash while we're busy patting each other on the back about what a majority we are. Congratulations, we're the majority. They're telling your 10-year-old to cut his penis off. How'd that work out for you? You've been nice and silent for a very, very, very long time. And you brought up the church. This is something you've heard me rant about on yep. the show, and I'm mad about this, specifically because I lost my church a few years ago, two years ago, when St. George Floyd died, and my pastor got up and started talking about white privilege. I'm sick of the feminized, non-biblical American church, too. That, well, I just want to love and love, and yeah. we're not Democrats or Republicans, just about love and turning the other cheek and love and turning the other cheek. In the meantime, these people are going to use the LGBTQ demon mob to send the FBI to the door of your church for preaching about the Old Testament while your pastor's up there with his skinny jeans on telling everyone to break their neck by turning their cheeks so often. The demons are circling. The flock is in trouble. And we have a bunch of feminized pastors in this country not preparing their people the way they should. The American church should be an army right now, an army marching to the polls day after day, taking back their country, taking back political power. 
When's the last time your church did a voter registration drive? No. We just had Easter. Did you register voters? Does your pastor speak like this? No. He gets up in front of the church. Half the pastors in this country. And wow, I just love. We just love. Oh, barf. <laughs> I'm tired of that. We're told to hate what is evil. We are commanded yeah. Yeah. to hate what is evil. I'm so sick of that crap. Jesse, did you, you? I'm sure you're familiar with what's going on here in the South. The 100 churches that broke away from the Methodist circle, it's going on right now here in yep. the South. My God, I mean, I'm sitting, yep. and it, that's the that's the history I don't want to live. Yeah, oh, same thing. The same thing's going on. I know you're familiar with it, too. The Southern Baptist, yep. uh, Southern Baptist Church having a major national division. It's creating a major problem at Christian and Catholic universities in this country as they are splitting. Some are going with the enemy, some are not. And you know what? The split is good. It is fine. Let us split. Let us split because I have more in common with an atheist who is an anti-communist than I do with these churches who just want to go along and get along. And well, I guess the pastor should be gay and I'm done with it. I'm done with this filth. I'm done with trying to mix the oil and water. Let them separate. Let them go. Good. You go. I want to be a powerful minority. What do we do in situations? I always compare everything in life to this forest that, that I was blessed to, to plant back in 1997. And I always look at, you know, fallen limbs and I look at things that happen on this forest floor as being lessons in life. Can we take the damages of our everyday world and re, you know, reuse them, reverse it? Or do we need to go in there and replenish the soil of our society? Both. Both. We can do both. We can attempt to take back our cultural institutions and should attempt to take back our cultural institutions while at the same time acknowledging that we are completely out of power in those institutions and start building a parallel, I was going to say economy, but really that's not true, a parallel country. I tell people to get to red areas, red states all the time, and then become an activist and fortify those areas because the communist hordes are coming. The future of this nation, very sadly, is likely a coalition of anti-communist red states standing not only against the blue states, but standing against a wildly out of control federal government as well. And I think that's a horrible, ugly state of affairs, but that is where we are. Look what the DOJ is doing to Trump as we speak. You think that ends with Trump and we act like once Trump is gone, that this will be done, or once they're finished with this, this will be done. No, these people are getting warmed up. This This isn't the finale. They're getting warmed up. And we don't act like that. We act like, well, if we just let's just win some midterm seats and it'll be oh fine. I can't God. stand it. These people are getting ready for war and we are still acting like, well, my liberal aunt Peggy's just a little misguided. Nope, she's a dirty communist. <laughs> you speak the truth. You dude, you are speaking from the heart, you're speaking from the street. You are really you know, you you open up our eyes, but once again, if we don't do something about it on this side of the speakers, then then it's like, okay, Jesse's going to burn himself out and I don't want that to happen. No, I'm not going to burn myself out because it's not me. I, I'm not I'm not leading anything. I'm not going to change anything. The people will change and the people are already changing and the people are waking up and they're getting involved and yes it's slow and it's slower than you want arrow and it's slower than i want but people move everyone moves at a different pace and people wake up at a different pace but we are taking back school boards we're taking back city councils we're taking back communities these states are finally starting to pass some anti-communist laws out there 
we are slowly but surely waking up. The frustration for people in the Errol Collins audience is they're already the tip of the spear. They already know what's what, the who's who. And so they have to look at their neighbor, Normie Norm, and they want to go shake him and say, why aren't you awake? Why aren't you getting involved? But he's going to wake up at a different pace. Our duty, your duty, my duty, everyone's duty is to wake him up. Because we do have the numbers. If we could wake up Normie Norm and get him involved and make him realize that he's in a fight against demons, then we can win. We are waking up. We're starting to wake up. Will we do it in time? I don't know. Well, you know where Mr. Norm Norm is. He's he's right there in front of his uh, Hulu and, and and Netflix, and he's got, he's playing games and things like that. And and it doesn't affect him yet until the electricity goes out. And now we got a problem. That's the problem is people wake up too late. And yep. that is, in Normie Norm's defense, that is human nature. That is human nature to deny the horrific reality of your situation until it's too late to do anything about the situation. I've told this story before. It's one, a story everyone knows. It's not like it's breaking news on my part. <laughs> but the Warsaw Ghetto during World War II when Hitler, the Nazis, had herded all the Jews into the Warsaw Ghetto. And it's a famous story about the ghetto uprising when the Jews uh, smuggled in some weapons and fought back and started killing Nazis. And it's a really cool story. They should make movies about it. But the undertold, the untold story of that is... During that time, while they were in the ghetto, they were herding Jews down to the train station. The Jews would have to go down voluntarily most of the time. They would go down to the train station, get on the trains, and go off to the death camps. Eighty percent of the Jews had already gone to the death camps Mm. before the uprising came. People deny the reality of what's happening. They deny the reality of their situation, oftentimes until it's too late to put up a significant resistance. That's a story not about Jews and Nazis. That's a story about human nature. And that's what you see a lot of right now in America. We're denying this. Let's just, uh, well, we make it about an election, too. It's just the midterms. DeSantis, that'll fix it. Or this, no, 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 no. We have much bigger, broader problems than that. We have many, many, many battles to win now. Hopefully this isn't crossing the line when I'm about ready to talk about, and, and I need you to educate me, but I believe that affordable living is is doing exactly that. We're going to take this group of people and we're going to put them over here. And and it's like, what? why? What happened here? Why can't we have everybody live in the same communities here? Well, affordable is actually a great way to put it. This is going to be a division moving forward in the country is the haves and the have-nots, yeah. that division is going to increase as inflation increases, as these people break us financially, as the world moves off the dollar, as the world's reserve currency. Americans don't understand that we're facing a drastic reduction in our standard of living like we have never had in the history of this country. Yeah. The Great Depression will not compare to the reduction in standard of living that will come when the world moves off the dollar as the reserve currency. And these people are still, to this day, passing trillion dollar bills raising the debt ceiling without any cuts in spending the train is not even slowing down right. it's increasing in speed right and what that's going to mean for like i said the haves have nots affordable housing you're you're 100 right it's going to create animosity and a real division in society that people are not ready for dude we've we've got that here in charlotte they just they just unveiled that the i-77 freeway that they put in there way back in the 70s it split a community and on each side of that community now they're gonna they're gonna spend millions of dollars to try to get these communities to come back together that just happens to have a freeway in between it yeah well it's it's exactly the few it's like that's a great preview of the nation arrow it's a great preview of the nation here here's the split oh look 
look at you. Sorry, peasants. You guys stay over there. Yep. Everyone yep. else will stay over here. That's a preview of where we're coming. A divided states. I know it's an old, stupid cliche, <laughs> but a divided states of America. The divisions come when hardship comes and that's a sad place to be but that's where we're at if we don't stop it i had an eye-opening experience and i know i'm going to learn through your podcast or through your show and through your book when when putin said the communists are coming okay that caught my attention because i never even thought about that when when that war broke out and now um in in reading the book and listening to the show it's like wait a second you're saying that they're already here and but nobody's talking about it go away you know what i mean yeah, that's the problem is we haven't accepted that that's what we're dealing with. We think we're just dealing with Democrats or liberals or or he leans left. And this is what I outline in the book, the Anti-Communist Manifesto. I tie that direct link between these people are communists, between the communists of old and how they came here and how they tried to take root and how they had to adjust and how their children adjusted. They adjusted and made it more cultural Damn. than workers. But the apathy of the right, that is the communist's greatest tool in his tool belt, that the right still feels like that we can, you'll still hear people on the right today, they'll speak about healing divisions, and we need to come back together, and I just want to live in peace. You're not going to live in peace, and there will be no healing of the divisions. There will be a victor. It will be them or it will be you. And I don't celebrate that. That sucks. I don't want to have to wake up every day and uh, I have to choose where I shop based yep. on their yep. politics. That yep. sucks. I've never had that in my entire life. You've never had that in your entire mm -hmm. life, Arrow. I don't wish for this, but this is the world we've been given. I didn't, I, I have the period of time God gave me, not the one I chose. This is the period I've been given. So this is the battle I must fight. About two hours ago, I, I was blessed with the opportunity to be with Newt Gingrich, and uh, he said something that I, I, I just got to study. He says, it's not what I say, it's how you receive what has been said. What, what do you think of that, Jesse? I think that I think it's, there are great lessons in that, as Newt often teaches great lessons in that. We, we will both hear the same news story. Not probably not you and I. You and I would hear the same news story, and we come to the same conclusion. But you and your neighbor can hear the same news story, and we can hear way different things based on our experiences in life, based on who understands the fight we're in and who does not understand the fight we're in. I actually had a neighbor the other day. It's my only neighbor who said, "You know, I don't understand." the Bud Light controversy. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand what the problem was. Who cares? It's it's just a beer can. And I didn't have to say uh, anything. I, we were at a big neighbor gathering and all my other neighbors piled on him. It's not just a <laughs> beer can. You don't understand what they're doing. But you can tell the guy who was plugged in, the people who were plugged into what's happening in culture and the people who had no idea. And they're just kind of just kind of out of it. Just why well, I just want to live in peace. You're it's right. Wow. Dude, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you, my brother. I really appreciate you having me on, man. It's it's an honor. Thank you so much. Well, congratulations on the book, too, because uh, this author to you, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's just amazing, this journey of writing. So I expect to hear a lot more from those, those paragraphs and sentences that you're going to put together. Errol Collins, you're the best, my brother. Thank you. Be brilliant today, okay? Will do.